How are we doing, everybody? This is AJ Torres, or Colin Strikes, courtesy of Undrafted Sports. And today, I got two guys with me, and let, let's just be, let's just keep it real. These are cool guys, passionate oh. guys, oh. and obviously, uh, they got a face that's for video and not radio. Thank we you. We got oh, Defran, nice. and we got Sam. So, so tell me, guys. Uh, might as well, uh, Defran. I'll have you go first. Uh, Tell us your name, uh, what you're about, all that, and then we'll go with Sam. Well, uh, my name is Mike Defran. I'm from Illinois. want to say thank you for AJ for having us and for the awesome introduction. Um, it's one of the, I'm blushing, as you can see. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we're both just uh, some Seahawks fans, and uh, today we're talking about just kind of what it's like to be a fan of a team that is nowhere close to you. So all three of us kind of have experience with that. So look forward to a good conversation today. Yeah, it should be fun. I am Sam Belcher. Uh, I live in Connecticut, central Connecticut, and I am the co-host of the Always Compete Seahawks podcast with Mike there. And, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, so feel free to check that out. But mm -hmm. that's kind of my qualifications for being here and we're going to be having a nice conversation about something that's not super common but mm -hmm. something that we all all three of us can relate to so i'm ready to hop on it mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting because uh everybody kind of wanted to know the story about how i became a yankee fan and uh i simply had a cousin that was uh, suffering from leukemia just a couple houses down from where i still am now and I'm pretty sure that Derek Jeter, when he was in the hospital, came to visit him, and that just kind of sealed the deal. It's impossible not to, especially yeah. since, listen, there's a big thing about Derek Jeter because of the ESPN documentary they want to do, similar to Michael Jordan. Uh, but mind you, it was also because of just uh, the way that he carried himself, the way that he carried himself and the way that he followed the media, embraced it, and did it well. And granted, he's being slandered by his defense, but if you look at Derek Jeter on and off the field, regardless of his defense, he still is a god of New York. And even his wife said, I knew Derek, the guy who I was going out with, like Derek Jeter, my boyfriend. And then there was, I'm sitting next to his family at the ball game, and I'm seeing Derek Jeter, the guy in New York. Mm -hmm. So it was impossible doing this. So uh, a Ranger fan, when I was uh, – well, basically, I'm around high school and past that where, you know, I was a believer of about 70 plus percent of the world is covered by war. The rest is covered by Hank Lundquist. Mm. So that's kind of it's kind of routine mm -hmm. there. And even though I absolutely hate the Knicks and the Rangers owner, when it came to other teams, I recently became a Pacers fan because I want to get in the basketball. I had a pick by ownership, uh, went by, you know, passion, swagger, all that, became a Pacers fan. But I was a Chiefs fan uh, going back to backyard football days. I just loved the Arrowhead logo, loved the uniform colors, and it just stuck. I was playing mm -hmm. backyard football on a PC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, that, it's just kind of how it goes. But if, I'm pretty sure you guys know. It's like you go uh, – if you're in your gear, right? Like you guys know if you're in uh, Seahawks gear. It uh, doesn't matter if it's a jersey and a hat or whatever. They're kind of looking at you, not so much the hat, because there's a lot of people that wear different hats around me, but ironically, Danbury, Connecticut is Hat City. That's cool. You, you, could, actually, yeah. you could actually look it up, it man. Uh, there was actually a big, giant hat factory. When everyone wore uh, a suit and a fedora, 
there was actually uh you know they were actually making a lot of hats for the world and there are these rivers where if they were making red hats one day the dye could be seen could be seen floating down the water mm -hmm. so it's like hey red hat day okay the river's red <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah you could look that up man danbury connecticut is hat city but back on track you're telling me that if you wear a Seahawks jersey and you're going out to a restaurant, people are kind of looking at you like, this dude's yeah. in left field. What is he doing? So, which is kind of why I got this thing going on called the left field fan. And it's just simply about where a bunch of guys or, you know, ladies too, you're in a certain location. You just simply don't fit in. I mean, kind of fit the bill and you guys kind of fit the bill. It's just like me. There's a lot of passion that comes with this. But just Amaya's love as well as pain. Yep. So tell me, Sam, I'll have you go first. Because right. Connecticut, it's kind of uh, weird because you're at that part where you're at the part where it's what I call the division of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. As in, when it comes to sports, you're basically on the dividing line. You can flip a coin and you can just pick where you want to go. Yeah. So how did you become a Seahawks fan, man? Well, I mean, I really didn't know about sports before I became a Seahawks fan, honestly. I just kind of, one day, I just kind of decided to go to it. And, you know, there, there's a couple different factors. I think it was mainly because I just liked the energy that they gave off. And, and also, I'm going to admit it. They were good at the time. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a fan of this team because they're good. And... But I'm not necessarily a bandwagon because of that. I'm just more – it's stuck very heavily, and I am diehard. But it just—it was just kind of a thing mixing of you know their energy. I really liked their attitude, and I liked how everything just kind of came together for me. So I decided that that was going to be kind of my team, and it's stuck ever since. And you know, going on your point about just – especially with Connecticut, I'm, I'm central Connecticut, and I'm more north. So – it's it's there's a perfect mixing pot of Boston and New York. Like there will be like you go into like, I don't think that's perfect. But you walk into a, but like you walk into a restaurant and you'll see three people wearing giant shirts, a couple people wearing jet shirts, five people wearing Patriot shirts, Boston, Boston, the Red Sox, they're the Yankees. Like it's everything kind of mixing together from like the two regions. So when I walk in with a Seahawks shirt or a Seahawks jersey, I get mostly looks from Patriots fans because of Ugh, don't don't know, bring please don't bring it up. Hey, don't, just, can, can, can I, Sam, did you ever hear about the secret? Now, my father, Aldo, told me this. There are no Patriot fans for the most part before nineteen ninety five. I've heard, I've heard, I, I've, I've heard the same. I've heard the same because they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad up until that point, and up until '95, they got Drew Bledsoe, and everybody kind of started coming in, and then they got Belichick and Brady, and then you know, like it kind of game over there. Yeah, game over. But I would definitely say that this area is mostly Boston dominated, and the last couple of years, why not? Right? Yeah, and especially Boston sports, you will come to learn is. Just they need to be the best at every single thing they do. They need to be the best. And you will know that <laughs> Patriots fans whine. Red Sox fans, they whine. Um, Celtics uh, fans Bruins are the worst. Fans, I'm sure they whine. And then there's the Celtics who 
just they're just spoiled out of their life and <laughs> i i will say though the best out of the four is definitely the bruins which I, is i don't awesome. really keep on top of hockey. i don't really keep on top uh, on top of hockey but i went to I, a uh capitals bruins game and it was a great place to be and even though i was a rangers fan and hiding and just seeing a game and i just wore neutral clothes uh I had the pleasure of sitting next to a couple passionate uh, Capitals fans, and sure enough, uh, I just kind of, you know, I, I at first, uh, you know, the people around me don't know that I'm uh, not a fan or whatever the teams, but you know, I shook hands with the the Capitals fan next to me. Uh, it, it, it was a great time. It really was. If anyone has the pleasure of being at a major event like that, uh, TD Garden, uh, when you're in a neutral kind of uh you know persona it's a, it's a good experience it really is but when you're against i mean you know you just hear it to be like you're like hey buddy down in front yeah and they, yo you're the blue yeah you're in the wrong place you know how to use the bathroom correctly uh, like once again boston fans are the like boston just overall sports fans tend to be bad tend to be bad my neighbor is a Patriots fan. I'm and so sorry, Tim. I'm so sorry. I'll be outside. I'll I'll just be sitting in my backyard, and he'll be like, "How about the Patriots? Oh, Cam God. Newton is taking us all the way." Oh God! Brady. Oh God, Sam! Oh, Why did God. Brady leave? Brady had no reason to leave. Brady you just hear him, he gave Brady everything. You just hear him like crying at three in the Cam morning. New yeah. Cam Newton Super Bowl is is, is that guy have his mind? I don't know, man. It's... Sam, do you ever just like at three in the morning just hear him like crying? Like, why did Brady leave? <laughs> he's he's whined several times. Got, he... the, guy, the guy's drinking uh his uh, Sam Adams have a baby bottle because he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to cope with life. You, you yeah. know, it's kind of funny because uh they, they kind of treat this like the stock market. It's like I told like some of the guys from uh undrafted, there's some of the guys that are heavy in the stocks, right? Now mind you. I I clock in at seven o'clock, and by the time nine o'clock comes around, I get the notifications on my phone. I'm already having my muffin, my breakfast in the morning, okay? And if something bad happens, like something goes down like 15%, I'm already at work, okay? If I wake up at six o'clock on the, you know, it's West Coast or so at that time. So if I wake up at six o'clock and the things start coming in, I'm like, it crashed 15%. Guess what? I'm hugging myself, calling my boss, calling out of work, going back to bed. I don't feel well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what totally. I mean? I kind of think about that guy. It's just kind of like, I don't trust my quarterback. I don't feel well. I'm calling out of work. Yeah. I, mean, I can't I can't adult right now. <laughs> yeah. And especially last year when it was kind of like your first taste of like realization, like the Red Sox were not good. We're not great last year. The Patriots weren't great last year. The Celtics went far but didn't go all the way which is what they expect every year of course so it's just it's like a constant trail of like if we're not the best we're gonna make sure that you feel that we are not upset that's kind of how they sam how, sam oh. how much crap did you talk when we beat the patriots this year how, oh, how much lot. crap? a lot a lot i, I would imagine sure. you, you, you know, need to a lot of my a lot of friends that i have are patriots fans or giants fans no jets fans that i know but <laughs> i feel like i feel like everybody kind of defaults to giants where i am but you yeah know, it's it, it's certainly a 
just just a wide array of people here. There's a couple Cowboys fans for some reason. There's, there's a, just there's like there's just like scattered. I feel like Cowboys, there's well, like a couple in each area. I I feel like the thing is, if it's a rival of one of those teams, you're gonna find just like a small pocket of those people around. Like you'll find a couple Cowboy fans in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vice yeah, versa. That, that does happen. There's also a couple of Eagles fans that I've seen. So it's, it's well, it's, it's weird in Connecticut. Again, you'll have like a small pocket full of them, but uh, yeah, you know, definitely rare. It's mm-hmm. it's rare for sure. And just kind of bringing it back to the main point. Whenever I wear a jersey out, I get some looks because the Seahawks are as far, almost as far as I as they can be. You know, so when I so when I go out and I wear a Russell Wilson jersey or a Jamal Adams jersey, and I'm walking out and I see a Patriots fan wearing like a Tom Brady jersey for some reason. I see a Patriots fan giving me looks. I see Giants fans <laughs> giving me looks. You know, and it is what it is because but, at the end the, of the day, I know the that we're better. And Jet people. fans can't give you anything because just a couple of years ago, we knew that the Giant and Jet season were over, and MLB didn't even start the playoffs yet. Yeah, that's and you know how sad that is. It's, it's awesome. It's bad. It's bad. So hold on. So hold on. September baseball is not over, and we can already write you off. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Ter- that's that's terrible. That's hilarious. That's what that, it is. Uh, again, you're you're drinking your New York lager out of a baby bottle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's you know once again. And if you're Matt Harvey, you're hitting the scotch, and uh, you're not showing up to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, the teams around here, most of them, like football teams especially, are not great. I think every team in this area that has a wide fan base had a losing record. So people were kind of afraid to rep last year. People, I didn't see a lot of Patriots fans. As you know, back when Brady was around, I see they disappear. Fun. Wow, what happened? Did they all migrate to Tampa, Florida? I don't know. <laughs> they, they uh, I want. I want to say one third of them did. The yeah. other one were in hiding. And I remember when everyone was calling Eli Manning garbage for like. Remember when Tony Romo was the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL, and then Eli Manning took over that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere a little before the Romo reign was over, I saw a lot of Giant fans in hiding. And listen, I get it. And you got to be tough to be a Jeff fan, even in a tanking yeah. year. You yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, listen, it was mutual when it became it became down when I was a kid where, you know, my dad's just kind of like, I don't know if I can make you a Jet fan. And I'm just kind of like, good. And he goes, okay, well, we've kind of reached an agreement. So that means no. So yeah. I kind of had to find my own path. And mind you, my uncle Paul Fauché and – he, he can be a, a little bit salty, but he's definitely one of the most passionate uh, Steeler fans out there. I mean, he's been a fan of this since he was a kid in the, uh, you know, the early 70s when he's, you know, in elementary school. That's, awesome. That's just how yeah. that part goes. That's nice. awesome. That's, That's awesome. To so as far as uh, baseball goes, uh I mean, I know, uh, Mike, you're a uh, Cubs fan, so that's a neutral no territory. Side, and uh, Sam, uh, I know you were, me and you kind of had this big uh, discussion of uh, what you wanted to do. And the thing, the thing is, when you get to that point where you're in high school or you're mature enough or, you know, essentially you're old enough where you could know who's a good or a bad owner. 
you know, what the team is about. Uh, if they spend money or if they don't know where to crap or get off the pot, uh, you know how the fans react. Uh, you know, some of them are just not allowed to have nice things as well. So I'm not sure if you've uh, just found a favorite player or whatever it is, but I found it very interesting when I was picking a uh, – you know, a basketball team, what it was. And one of the things that weighed to me was ownership because there's a lot of teams that will never see even playoff success because of their bad ownerships, or maybe they just don't get there. Or maybe they taste it once every five or six years. And it's just a disappointing cycle that just keeps repeating itself. Mm-hmm. So I, even though there's never been this big success, I'm very happy to rock the blue and gold. Um, baseball, I mean, have you got any closer or, you know, have you just not thought about it too much yet? Yeah, I've I've definitely started to – I, I kind of defaulted Red Sox because of my family's um, – my family's connection. <laughs> okay, AJ, so, dude. AJ's like, uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I, and hey, I'm not listen, diehard. I'm not going to argue I, with you. I'm not going to hate either, my man. I'm not going to hate. Wait, Sam. Sam, does this mean that you've now joined the Boston mob of fans? No, I have not. I've. I'm not. I'm not passionate enough. I'm not passionate. Good. I mean, I I really joined because of connections, and I'll watch a game here and there, and you know, I'll I kind of do it more just to just to have something to do during this time of year when when you know the NBA is kind of dying down, but then it's going to pick back up soon, which I'm looking forward to. Right. And you know my 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 team isn't playing in the NBA playoffs, so neither's yeah, mine, man. <laughs> hey, uh, I know I know that you're a Bulls fan, uh, DeFran. Uh, Sam, what what fan are you? Once again, another left field team. I'm a Thunder fan, and I'm loyal Thunder fan. I'm not just a KD fan or a Westbrook fan. I am sticking to my guns as a Thunder fan, and I'm looking forward to this full-on rebuild that we are putting on for the next the, ten the years. My my grandkids are going to just have witnessed the dynasty of OKC due to their 95 first-round draft picks Bro, that you guys have. It's, it's good. Sam hey, Presti is literally playing 2K in real life. Sam Presti, if you don't, if you <laughs> scared money, don't make money. All right, so <laughs> you need to go good. all out. You need to go That's all good. out. I, I will say, though, what, what happened with me was I actually got out my binder that I put a lot of notes in. This is stuff I do for my fan fictions, my novels, uh, my articles, you name it. Now, I've kind of gone all over the place with all these notepads, all this ludicrous crapola. But I actually wrote down every single NBA team on this list, and I narrowed it down into different tiers. I'm not sure if I still have that piece of paper. I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere. But there's a couple where I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about ownership. Again, mm-hmm. do you know that there's a good chance that just because of the slander I've said online, I'm pretty sure that there's two places, uh, two things I'm banned from. Number one, I'm probably most likely banned from having any season ticket qualifications to the Washington football team. Because <laughs> if you didn't know this, my, my insights – actually have told me that if you slander the Washington team in the media, even back when it was Redskin days, he Dan Snyder actually has a full department where he goes through their system, right? Because if you say something in the newspaper, somebody will go through their system. And if your name is on there and your government name is on there, they'll revoke your tickets. That's 
That's wow. just a classic. It's like if I had to guess a move that Dan Snyder would make, it would be it would be something like that. Revoking. You talk about ownership. Like, Dan well, Snyder yeah. So is when... the only, it's like the, truly the only you like unanimously decided horrific owner in sports. I mean, not in sports, in football. In football. Spanos. Spanos is up there too. Shout well, out Terry. I, by the way. I will. I said this. I said the worst owner in North American sports is Dan Snyder, and the second is definitely James Dolan. James and Dolan. I James and listen, Dolan. I'm a Ranger fan, but I've slandered James Dolan so much, and he's been so petty. Because if you haven't noticed, Tom Thibodeau came in. There was a lot of doubts, and I I said this. And even uh, if you guys have ever heard of John Jastrzemski, uh, he used to do JJ After Dark instead of going. Uh, He's got a he's got a part of a podcast now called New York, New York. Uh, he's a Dolphins fan, a Yankee fan, a Nick fan, all that. And he goes, "Let me tell you guys, if there is some coach that will get in here who's not going to get fired in his first year, if you're telling me that he's going to get the Knicks to the fourth seed in the playoffs, fans will think he can walk on freaking water." Yep. And and sure enough, what what, what we say? Julius Randle is playing basically like a dumbed-down version of Julius Irvin, and it's working. And yeah. what happens when you give uh, when New York fans are optimistic? What happens? Things happen. The New York Yankees optimistic. One game away from the World Series, we're screwed by the appearance because of the cheating Astros. The Knicks fans, you got the fourth seed in the playoffs. What do you complain about? See, optimism, people, it works. Yeah. Yep. And even like you talk about with like the Jets and the Giants, they're not good, but there's optimism surrounding those teams. You know, with the Jets, I'm actually saying no because they're just like the NBA, there is a second overall curse. Yeah. And football as, a, as well. As a partial Bears fan, I can attest to this second overall curse with Trubisky. <laughs> well, oh, I, I think that was just a bad base decision, but also hey, they didn't the, 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 the crap that's going on yep. with Zach Wilson and his mom, and he hasn't played one down of football. <laughs> if this doesn't say disaster city all over it, I have no idea what you're drinking, but you need to put the sauce yeah. down. Let, this now, is just, let oh, me let's, uh, let's all just forget yeah, what I said on the draft live stream about Zach's mom. Totally, totally uh, never said that. <laughs> never said that. Just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was muted. <laughs> it's, it's, it's flipped. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, now, now I gotta throw your headphones over that one. Now are we? Oh, that was. I got banned for a little bit. I got banned for a couple I, picks for that I, one. I, 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 well, Sam, you weren't around, but I saw this I guy during the NBA draft. Uh, th this guy wanted. Uh, who who did you want? Uh, Debbie, Deji, Debbie. Uh, yeah, you want how to say he, his name? I, um, I can't remember his name. He went to the Avdia. Wizards. Avdia. That's all yeah. I know. That's yeah. His last so, name. So, yeah, yeah. He, that's who he wanted, and he didn't get it. This guy literally, like, he just goes, walks out. Yeah. Need to cool I mean, off, storms off like Archie Bunker. Avdia hasn't been that great. <laughs> So I mean, hey, I've, okay. I call, since draft night, I said you know Patrick Williams stud, been playing great basketball lately. I mean, I practically guaranteed that this guy would be an All Star. So obviously, I was very happy with the Bulls selection right there, and I never doubted it that it was the right move for a second. So completely, completely satisfied with that move. Well, I mean, it's just you know who you want versus what happens in actuality. I right. Yeah, you know, right. there's sometimes where. You know, this is the thing where I'm kind of go well, off, you know, a little on and off the fence with it because there's going to be a lot of people in their fan base that say, 
trust your guy. Like a lot of people, uh, I had the chance to go on to Makana and uh, Joshua's Trust the Bank podcast, you know, TDB, Ravens Media. And these guys are like, this guy's not a Chiefs fan. And I'm like, so hold on. One pick that I don't agree with with my general manager because I'm thinking longevity. You pick a rental player in what you think is a dynasty with all the art pieces you put on this offensive lineman. You needed him. You mm-hmm. absolutely needed him. And I thought you could have a stud offensive lineman on on there for four, possibly five years. Right. I, I thought it wasn't bad for me thinking about this. And I think it was okay for me to be a little upset. Mm-hmm. But I still love my general manager and what my team has on the table. And well, I think that's what some people don't just, you know, I just don't think people agree with that. But I will say from a guy that had Trent Green and his first starting quarterback and my first jersey being Priest Holmes, now that there's, uh, let's see, running back is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Big-ass difference. And let me tell you something. KC fans, I will admit, have gotten friggin' salty, and it's pissing me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to talk about just mind-boggling decisions and just having to trust your general manager. I mean, you're talking to two experts right here. Every year, the I, we did, I think, four or five mock drafts. We did not select a single player that the Seahawks took. We were – completely out of it every year it's just out of left field it seems like we got some guy that nobody's ever heard of and some of the times they end up being really really good and other times you know it's jermaine effetti sam we love yeah. jermaine effetti obviously we talk about him all the time but like it's just like dude so I, I i i am never like oh yes that's the guy i really wanted you know i i will say you know? uh, just just don't beat yourself up uh, too hard, guys, because right. uh, I had my mock draft predictions, and some people thought that I was absolutely crazy. But if you want to go by crazy, Alex Leatherwood was a huge reach by the Raiders, and I thought that he would be potentially in uh, you know, the uh, red and gold or the they've red and reached, yellow. They've reached three straight seasons from a player yeah. from Alabama. I remember. So, but, but also, you guys only had three picks. Now, I did give you my draft grade uh, for the uh, – at least I did to uh, DeFran. Uh, Sam, uh, as far as my draft grade for the uh, Seahawks, I think I gave them a – it was between a C- and a D. But that's not on uh, – but that's not really on – you know, just such a small sample size. And I'm not saying it's the worst draft uh, – in there, the worst draft this year by far was the Houston Texans. Horrible. Well, David Mills, people, baby. As far as I'm concerned, I gave it a D because okay, what's your quarterback situation like? And him aside, okay, how many wide receivers you have? You yep. have so many guys in the wide receiver position. Forget the bench. Pull out the freaking couches with uh, you know them leaning back in because they might as well get comfortable. Give them, screw screw the gay rate guy. I'll give him a beer. He's got to be there all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tight, how many tight ends do you need? You picked up like a seventh tight end in the draft. What are you, the last year's uh, no. Chicago Bears? Come on. Oh, okay. Well, and then sure, what? Uh, sure. what is the number one thing that they that they decided to neglect? J.J. Watt out. Shaq Lawson in. But guess what? Do, do you take Shaq or do you take J.J.? If you think that they're the same, then guess what? You have no improvement on pass rush. Yeah, you they cannot go through safety cones at that point, and that is why I gave them a D. Now, mm-hmm. did I think that their draft stock had part to do with it? 
Yes. But if you look at the edge rushers they passed up, as well as the offensive linemen, I had to give them a D, and that's why I put it in my article. Yeah. So so uh, I understand when it comes to ownership. Uh, ownership, uh, back to the Thunder, uh, there's two big, there's two owners of the Thunder, and I know that there's been a relocation thing going on the past couple years that they've been weighing. Some of them have actually been saying go back to Seattle. That would be kind of crazy. I'm not even gonna lie. That, that would if be- there's a big, if there's a big disgruntlement about that, I just, I'm just not down with it, and that's it. And you know, like I said, ownership, particularly when in baseball, I think. And the reason being is because I think in baseball, and, you know, this is a baseball podcast, but just remember this, and I think you guys know this. You cannot have one draft or one free agent and have your team go worse to first. Ask the Angels with Mike Trout. Sorry, Jake. Sorry to do you like that, but it's that's the point right there. Mike Trout well, is the best player in baseball, and he has been for a very long time. And the Angels have won one playoff uh, one playoff game? Actually, right now, right now I think that guy is Otani. Yeah, yeah, and they and they're not good. They're not good this year either. So <laughs> well, there's just a lot of things. And also, there's a very underrated uh and underlooked uh player on that team, and his name is Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon. He I think he's the least talked about former like MVP. Like in the last I yeah, I think as far as like the least talked about star player, like the guys that they forget about it's yeah. like uh you realize that anthony rendon is your starting third baseman on here it's like albert Pujols, yeah he's a hall of famer but he jumped shipped okay it's like did you forget that anthony rendon exists i, think I understand stuff, man or whatever but i mean it's okay be, you know and you have to it's not like you gotta be josh donaldson where you have this anger that you challenge uh, before every single game because it's your style of play. Right. It's not. It's really just, you know, he does his thing and, you know, plays good defense. You don't hear anything bad about him, but you're also not hearing the great things. It's like unless that guy right now has the go-ahead run, you're not hearing about him, man. It's a shame. It's yeah. a crying shame. I mean, do you think that there's Seahawks players that didn't get the credit they deserved? I mean, before DK yes. Metcalf came yes. in, I would say it's Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Yes, that's one for sure. Because I thought at one point they're like, who the hell is Tyler Lockett? And I'm like, you know, he's a top 20 wide receiver, and you're not even thinking about that. But sure yeah. enough, FanDuel lineup came around. I took him. I took him. I took DJ Moore. And these guys weren't even thinking of anywhere close to it. Yeah. It's just how it is. Some guys go over think- He's one of them. I think yeah. a guy that's just really overlooked uh, and a guy that just, I mean, people don't give him, I guess, the credit he deserves. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to start this. You know, it's going to be a hot topic. Jamal Adams. People don't give him the credit that he deserves, in my opinion. I wouldn't say he's overlooked because he's talked about a lot, but I think in terms of ability, he's completely just disrespected and, and overlooked in that regard. But they talk about him like he's like a, a bottom-tier safety. Well, the reason being is I think he drew the attention on him. Mm. He said he wanted out of New Jersey. <laughs> That's how much respect I have for the Jets. He wanted out of New Jersey. Nice. But also, he was talking shit the morning that he was supposed to hop on a plane to Seattle. 
And then there's like, oh, the contract extension, all that. Now, granted, I know how much these first round picks cost uh, as far as, you know, from the salary cap and everything else. And the Seattle, you know, the, the Seahawks as well as the Rams because of salary cap wise, they can't really use their first round picks to begin with. So they train for assets. And I'm not going to take that away from the Seahawks. It's just that when you yourself put yourself in that situation, you mouth off to the media, you bring in your camp to, you know, support you. And then as far as the defense goes, you know damn well that could have been improved. There was, as far as I'm concerned from a non-biased perspective, the offensive line need bolstering up. Uh, even after Carlos Dunlap got there, the pass rush could have been better. And yeah. even though Jamal Adams, some people will call him an edge rusher, some people will call him a DB, somebody will call him something else. I'll call him a weapon. Okay, how about we call weapon. him the the Weapon X, okay? Sure. So you have Jamal Adams as the Weapon X. Mm -hmm. So with everything I just described, and do I think that he was one of the best players on that field? Absolutely. I think probably second best. For a weapon X and the second best player on that starting defense, it gave up too many points, and they just went after the easy target. It's kind of like when I said, and I, I, I told uh, all the Falcon guys this uh, from Undrafted. I kind of said this. They're like, we have the best tight end in the draft and what, probably the top uh, receiving talent in the draft. We got Matty Ice. We got Calvin Ridley in case Julio gets traded. What could go wrong? And I'm like, do you not remember a younger Matty Ice? Uh, the best tight end of all time named Tony Gonzalez? Julio Jones, younger and not hurt. Roddy White. That's Roddy, it, yep, and Roddy White. Okay, mm -hmm. so hold on. Four pieces. I'm sorry. You want to know what's not changing? The, the coaching system. Well, so it seems so it seems that way. Guess what? Not everybody's got out of there, right? Yeah. If you're telling me that you're going to think that the what it's going to change about it, and yeah, you can't blame Matty Ice for this one like these unintelligent fans do, but they do. It's like you want to know what's going to stop that offense coaching, yeah, and the fourth quarter, <laughs> yeah, and any lead bigger than like six, seven points, yeah. And I feel like most, most Falcons fans tend to, like Mike said, forget about their defense, like their defense is. I, 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 in my opinion, I think Kyle Pitts was the best player in this class. I think their defense is so bad that they should have given him up and traded back in order to pick a defensive player to justify picking a defensive player. Because I actually, I, love I had the Pitts. Falcons trading with the Bears. That was my, I, uh, me and uh, Josh McSwain, uh, we do the all football podcast. I mean, we talk about soccer uh, and stuff too, but uh, we mentioned uh, American football, CFL, XFL, all that sort of stuff. And we did a uh, mock draft. I had the Falcons because this was a must rebuild phase now. So my thought is when you have Kyle Pitts here, it's like, okay, with Julio Jones and his salary cap, I looked at his contract. Apparently, there's only $2 million less than the whole thing guaranteed, something crazy stupid like that. So you're not moving on from Julio. You don't have an R quarterback. You got everything here. You just need to re-up your offensive line and defense. You need everything. Yes. 
So yeah. I'm like, why would you decide to take this pick? Is it generational? Yeah, but he's not going to help you get any further. Yeah, it's like right. okay, it's like listen, doesn't matter what receiver you got in there, that wasn't the problem. You got Mike Davis, who is a reliable running back. That's not a problem. Your offensive line and everything defense is a liability. So like, whatever you want to do, just remember, if you come across a strong defensive team, guess what? You might as well tell every single fan in your building to go home. Mm-hmm. And it's already an embarrassment at Mercedes-Benz Stadium because guess what? That is the only Chick-fil-A in America that absolutely makes no sense because most of your people go there for what? You're going to a football game. You can't get Chick-fil-A because of the old-fashioned rules. Like, come on. You got to wait for a Thursday night game in order to go to the Chick-fil-A there. Isn't that embarrassing? Well, I think to what Sam was saying, <laughs> I, think night it's, Thursday night. <laughs> I think to what Sam was saying, it's it's like the equivalent of putting frosting on an unbaked cake. It's like, yeah, the frosting's really good. I mean, it's that good, you know, cream cheese frosting. That's but, a great analogy. But the cake isn't baked, it. so it's going to – you know, it might look good on the top, but you dig into it and it's all, you know, it's all gooey and it's yeah. not a cohesive cake. It's not a team. Yeah. So I think if you take Sam's idea and you maybe trade back and you take a defensive player, get a couple of picks. Well, now your cake is baked. There's not the ni- nice little frosting on the top, but it's edible and it's able to be molded and decorated after that into a good team. So they were a little bit opposite in their thinking of taking the frosting before the they baked the cake. Yeah. Essentially, what you did is you took a turd, threw glitter at it, and expected to change. Yeah. yeah. You, threw a, you, know. you put a li- put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. I totally, and I can. It's go still with these fat pig. Day. Yeah. And this is what teams do, especially <laughs> when they're struggling. They will get the player that will make the headlines. Do you think that they would have made the headlines if they traded back and took Patrick Sertain? You know, they that would have been like cool. You got a corner. But like to say, like, but for like them to be able to put up on a billboard outside of the stadium, off off this next exit, we have Kyle Pitts, the new mm-hmm. the Broncos new are also a draft loser. Just just an FYI. Yeah. I, it, it's it's amazing, right? Because as far as the draft goes, I it's my division. I give the you know what? I'll give the Raiders a D. Yeah, the I Raiders could, had a bad draft. They had a bad draft. I, 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 I could uh, hold on. Morgan is second round. Morgan, Morgan is second was a round. good pickup at that okay, value. The, pro- the problem being is that they picked, they picked too many safeties, and there is no purpose of doing so. It's yeah. like if you take a safety with one pick, and there's so much depth you need, why'd you take two more safeties? <laughs> I think some of those guys are gonna play corner. Honestly, he might, he might be, he might be, but, but, I, but still you, you had a lot of needs on that team. Your pass rush isn't that great. Offensive line could have used something. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to try to patch in safeties and have them put in and try and make them adjust to a new position. Yeah. yeah. And last year you got a corner and you thought he was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And how'd that turn out? Yeah. How's your defense looking? They, looking they, pretty bad. King Gruden is not running a good ship, but yeah, obviously one of the best of the draft is the Chargers, and I think the Chiefs got a B plus. I'm excited for Nick Bolton to come in because I thought he was a first round talent. That's a great, yeah. Nick Bolton was a great value. I also absolutely, really liked, absolutely. We needed yeah. one. I loved the Chargers pick. I thought they were going to have to trade up to get Slater, like over like the Giants or the Eagles. And the fact that they got Slater at what 13 or 14, yeah. it was one yeah. of those two. 13. You know, a guy with versatility and just 
like j- that was like almost one of the main pieces like they needed one more piece to like solidify that they have a good offense for the future i think that was one of the big pieces you have your quarterback you have your franchise tackle and now you have franchise receivers so that they have was an a plus draft yeah that but, was yeah. Big. but going back to it one of the teams that passed up on him that needed to take him i think the worst uh I think one of the worst drafts that I'm also uh, – now, outside of uh, – what Mean Text did was uh, I just kind of went uh, winners and I went losers. And I said, you cannot get something. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw me uh, go to Twitter and just do videos and uh, basically mouth off about a couple of things. But one of the things I'm like, hey, Dave Gelman. You know, you should kind of go in the dictionary and look up something called offensive line because mm-hmm. you have this fat bastard wide receiver who's trying to now go for tight end. And because why? <laughs> he had a Popeye's biscuit. That's why. Yeah. Oh, uh, he had more than a Popeye's biscuit. This guy was eating like Pablo Sandoval. Okay. <laughs> Even I. That fat. Pablo so, Sandoval so, and that pop fly and the foul. And he just takes the guy's nachos. That's what it's going to so, be. Yeah. So uh, let's see if I could go in a persona term here. Uh, you're telling me this fat bastard ate himself at the wide receiver position, and now he's trying to come back uh, tight end. Listen, jerk off. We're gonna have to do better than that, Kabish. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I the mean, Giants, c- come on. You want to talk awful. about bad leadership? The Listen, Dave they, they neglected is the bad... offensive line. Why? Why did you draft a wide receiver when you just signed one? The wide receivers is not you the problem on that team. But potentially the premier receiver that got out of the the franchise tag spot in free agency yeah. was Kenny Galladay, and you get him to a massive four year, seventy two million dollar deal, and then you proceed to say, and then you already have Darius Slayton, who I already yes. think is a good number two piece at a wide receiver I, position. I agree. And then you feel the need to neglect the offensive line for a quarterback. This is his the whole draft, mind you. The whole draft, they neglected offensive line, and that's what's going to bite him in the ass. The defense is fine. If you want one or two pieces, I get it. Wide receivers is not the problem. You got your running backs. What do you need? Yeah. Offensive line. And my grade as far as the all-football podcast, uh, let's see, transaction, loser. Yeah, I like. I really did like their trade with the Bears, though. Yeah, that that was a good trade. How could you not? That was a good trade for actually both teams. They got the Giants got an extra first, but once again, they they're also but passing you, up but on. You port yourself with a. You see, when you are the Patriots and you could do whatever the hell you want, it's a luxury pick. When you draft Tony, it's a that was a luxury pick that was, was just it? dumb. Champagne, but, what's the like, what's the phrase? Champagne taste on a beer budget. Champagne taste and beer pocket. Yes. Yeah. That, well, that's yeah. what that's a mafia two reference, but it essentially goes from champagne taste on beer budget. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. essentially, right? For Seahawks fans, if you went out and you got, I guess you could say, you know, with what let's say you didn't have a first or second round pick and you got five picks. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. one of them is a quarterback, you're pissed. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping and screaming. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's the seventh round pick. If you if it was a quarterback, you would be, you would be throwing your chair back down. You're just gonna be like, "What on earth are you doing? Have yeah. you been drinking? You need to be exiled. You, you send the guy to the gulag." Sam, we're gonna forget about the fact that I said 
Sam Mellinger late seventh. We're gonna totally forget that I said yeah. that and just move yeah. on. <laughs> Mild the pain. But I wasn't totally serious, but I was like, you know, maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> we could take Sam Mellinger. <laughs> just I'm thinking about it. I mean, I'm thinking about it. I said, I said, and I quote, I said, if we trade for the last overall pick and we take Sam Mellinger, I won't be mad. So as far as the, the question for the podcast, I'm waiting for the upload, but uh, you guys got to it when you guys got fully emotional into the depth of what happened this offseason, right? We haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> ah, ah. Yes. I, was, I was really I've, – I was really <laughs> – because uh, you guys have really been quiet about it. You've been very optimistic about it. And I think the one thing uh, that kind of goes into that is, I mean, I kind of know it as a fan. is like when you see a guy in the trade block or they say, you know, we don't trust him or we don't like something – and so many players have power nowadays. I can't imagine the feeling in your stomach that you get, and you try not to think about it as it lingers on for months. And right. then, on, and meanwhile, before the allegations came out, so you have an unhappy Russell Wilson. He's got everybody, you know, his girlfriend, his agent, uh, trash talking on talk shows. You have your star guy that's thrashing the organization and you have the Sean Watson that wants to become a 49er. So I can imagine that. Listen, Sam, I, I didn't know you well enough then, but when I saw the Fran go with this, let me tell you something. The color was out of his face. It looked like this guy <laughs> needed a sick bucket. This guy was not okay. Oh. I, I kid you not. I, we, it's a good thing that there was a lot of activity going on and I was able to check up with them. Uh, he was, we're, the group chat was a lot active because legit, his mindset was not okay. Well, it's also helpful. It also is in a, a unique situation for me going back to being a fan of a team that's not in my area. Uh, I'm in the area of, of Chicago, right? And that was one of the rumor teams that he was going to go to. So all I heard all day at school, at practice, on the friggin' Zoom calls for class, oh, Russ is going to be a bear. Russ is going to be a bear. You got to buy a Bears jersey. I had I had my friends like promise me that they were going to buy me a Russell Wilson Bears jersey. I'm like, cut the crap. That, this is not happening. A, that's a bittersweet thing for it, you. It's, and listen, it was really it. weird. It was a very, very weird moment. Well, well, also, just remember, right, I'm in – before the Knicks were in the playoffs, I could wear this hat all day long, and we're just kind of like, you know, guy would be having a sandwich here, and be like, "Yeah, we suck. We get." It. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a guy I work with, and he sees the hat, and he goes, "Oh, every time I see that man, who is the Nick Killer? <laughs> Reg Reggie Miller." Yeah. It actually made it also made sense too because, uh, well, I I kind of just hate the Nick fans more than anything. Because, I mean, like I said, there's different New Yorkers. Like, there's some Nick fans that are really awful, but they don't watch baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you, to a point, I could say that every single fan in a city is just a wee bit different. And I will even say that the Philadelphia fans used to be boo more than they cheer. After the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it toned down. It really did tone down. I kid you not. There's a great... There it is seems a great... like the Pittsburgh fans have gotten more salty and the Eagle fans have let up, which is actually weird because four years ago, that seemed impossible. There's actually a great video on YouTube by a certain YouTuber who I won't mention, but it's a it's the kind of the culmination of him being an Eagles fan, and he was at the Super Bowl. And it, when you see the look on his face, 
it's just pure like joy like the man this is a grown-ass man in tears and i think that's when eagles fans their mindset switched because previously they hadn't won a super bowl since what 1980 am i am i mistaken whole period up until that point they they had been no super bowls they had no championships since like the 50s no they won they did they win oh no, no they, they did not win they they Act, had been actually twice if you want the biggest drought in american sports it's actually the arizona cardinals it's, <laughs> they have it, they've been in the league for like 110 years Pre so, the league, they've been a team before the league, and they have two total championships. Over so, uh, hey, we're not going to talk about drought sports drought like, uh, Sports shouts were uh, not not too fun for me to go through. Hey, li- 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 listen, it's fine because you already did it, and you had everything going on for you. We want to be honest, and to be honest, the first three years of his career, everyone was treating Chris Bryant like the next Derek Jeter. They really did. Well. I still think he's pretty damn good. I mean, he's batting close to 300 this year, so I'm my, still I'm still on the KB concern, hype train. I'm still on the KB. My hype only train. concern is the contract year, and I'm very concerned because I just think that this team might be selling everybody off. And again, <laughs> I just don't know what the Cubs ownership will do because I remember when they sold off certain pieces like Samarja. Yeah. Didn't that stick out to you? Yeah. Uh, Starling Castro. For Addison Russell. Okay. Okay. Addison Russell had a very good two to three year stretch there. Very but as, good. But as a whole, Starling Castro is better. So listen, if you wanted to replace Starling Castro with Javi Baez, that's understandable. But Addison Russell, I mean, listen, outside of his uh, personal issues, which I will not get into, if you go by just talent-wise and everything else, Starlin Castro is still in the league. Addison Russell did get blackballed, but he wasn't great enough to even be considered as you know yeah. a guy to bring back. And this is weird because people a lot of times people forget when they think of our 2016 championship year, they think Javi played short and 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 Addy played second. Addy was our shortstop that year. He was yes. he was our guy at short. And then the next year, and it was uh, if I'm correct, uh, it was. Uh, it was a uh, trade. Jason Kipnis was a second baseman. No, he wasn't. No, we had we had Zob- Zobrist and oh, Zob- uh, and Javi. Oh, Zob- oh, that, I thought I thought Zobrist was playing uh, the outfield during those games. I'm sorry. He was he was like a second baseman slash left fielder. He kind of played a little yes. both, but and, he was. It's it also sucks. And I know his age was getting up there, but. Uh, I'm actually happy, even though he was a division rival. If you just look at the way that Ben Zobras played the game, ph- phenomenal player, and it sucks that, you know, yeah. there's so many times where you want a guy to end up on top, and I think that's everybody. Yeah. But I think the worst thing that – it's different if it's injuries and the guy felt like he can't make it anymore – it's different when a guy says it's his last year. But how did that guy end his career? Everyone's going to note it by he got permission to take team leave to figure out his divorce. And that is awful. And that's the only story I could think about where someone has a divorce in the middle of the season and he's taking team leave to sort everything. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely it's it's heartbreaking. You know, just years after winning World Series MVP, I believe he went back to back. He won uh, in 2015 with the Royals, I believe, 
And then we got him in 16 and then just kind of fell off after that, man. Felt, felt bad, but I'll, I'll never forget. I will Dude. never forget his hit in the 10th inning of the game seven of the 2016 world series. I will never, ever, ever forget that hit single greatest play of baseball I've ever witnessed in my life. Nice. Tears were running real man. Tears were running down my eye that day. Well, listen, I could understand that. And I was, I just want to see good baseball, but when you see the Cubs and everything else and what they're forming up and, you know, I'm just kind of thinking to myself, you know, wouldn't this just be a magical piece right here? Yeah. And like granted Cleveland, the city of Cleveland hasn't won anything in a long time, mm-hmm. but the Cubs curse. I mean, that was just something. I mean, that was just a miracle in the making right there. I was taught Everything about the Cubs curse. Up. I was taught about the Cubs curse when I was in preschool. My preschool teacher taught me, taught up the class about the, the Billy Goat curse. And I believe they were cursed ever since then. And then to see them win was so emotional. Yeah. But. So, Sam, you got any uh, good stories as such? Good you got to have a few. Stories. Oh, I got, as, I got as a fun as like a good baseball story? Oh, baseball story. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have any of those immediately yet. I'm hoping to make some. You know, I don't have I, any of those immediately. Yet. There's a there's a couple I wanted to uh, mention now. Uh, my the YouTube for Colin Strikes has actually been uh, fairly new, but if you've ever looked at the podcast stuff, uh, what I what I do occasionally is that now this segment is the the left uh, the left field fan, where it's just kind of like uh, you know I'm like the guy that sticks out in the room. It's a little awkward, but I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm a great fan. There's uh. A segment I do conspiracy strikes and uh, conspiracy strikes is the conspiracy theories about baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there was a guy. Uh, if you if you didn't know this, uh, every team is allowed, even if it's without reason, they could confiscate one bat from the other side. And what they do is they put it in the umpire's uh, dressing room, and after the game they examine this. So. You know, there was a time where corked bats was common, mm-hmm. and mind you, it's a uh, it's it's regulated. So let's, let's just tell you how it works. You got your bat like this, right? And the thing is, every bat has a certain amount of weight. So what they would do is they would go through the, you know, basically now some of them have the cup, some of them have it flat, whatever. But what they would do is they would have a drill big enough. They would drill through the center of that. And fill it with uh, champagne corks. You know, it could be a champagne cork or a wine bottle cork, but they would shove more in there. And the only thing that really does is it makes the bat lighter. Mm-hmm. There's some that have actually put Super Bowl in it. That was actually a story from uh, Greg Nettles. He said a fan gave him a bat, and, you know, he hit a home run with that same bat in that game. But then he hit a base hit, his second at bat. Super Bowls explode out of the bat. He hits first base for his single. And after they look at everything, they throw him out. And he was just man a couple of games. Yeah. So my thought is uh, with this corked bat, so they knew that it was going on in the dressing room. So what they actually did was a relief pitcher came from the dugout. He put a flashlight in his mouth from the clubhouse, went through the ceiling tiles and in the crawl space, went into the umpire's dressing room, replaced it with another bat, 
and brought the thing back over. Wow. And it had a different signature and everything else on it. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a great job. Yeah. But, you know, some of these conspiracies, it's usually like, okay, Barry Bonds and uh, Balco Corp. Uh, corporation or whatever essentially a company that was involved in uh his ped scandal and there is one guy still serving time that was employed uh or the head of balco you know what i mean that that's one of those conspiracy theories that are just sad you know what yeah. i mean there's some of them that are rigging some of them are this but when i think of that <laughs> when i think of a guy you know usually these relief pitchers don't do anything you know, they're not allowed to be the athletes. It's like, and they're going to pop up. They're not allowed to catch it, you know, certain things. Yeah. But when you have a relief pitcher going to retrieve some guy's bat to, you know, not get suspended or at least try not to get suspended, you know, it's, just one, it's, it's one of those funny ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, uh, yeah. when you hear about, uh, it's like there's a conspiracy theory uh, if we go back to basketball about the San Antonio Spurs intentionally turning off the AC system. Yeah, I've heard about that. But, heard you, about that. but do you remember uh, uh, Charles Barkley's excuse? No. no. Big old women in San Antonio sucking out all the cold air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, my God. Hey, yo, man, Victoria's a secret down in San Antonio with them big old women. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Literally, he goes the big old woman in San Antonio. Literally, <laughs> his excuse was the big old San Antonio woman suck out all the cold air in the air, in the AC system. Don't work. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, that's awesome. You know, Seriously, you, if you hear the crap that comes control. out of his mouth, it's hilarious. He's a funny guy. Dude, funny he, guy. He says that shit now, man. It's it's phenomenal. It's an <laughs> absolute. I mean, I'm appalled about some of the stuff that he does, but. I mean, dude, like there's this, there's one where, you know, one of the guys goes, hey, Chuck, how come you never buy your woman to watch? And he goes, what? There's a clock on the stove. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's, that's not okay. That's not okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you want to com comment about how there was a LAPD at the Clippers game and he just goes, LAPD, Chris Ball about to kick my ass. You know what I mean? That that's funny. Yeah. You, you know you know what I mean? But you know. Didn't he say something about he was they were talking about like arguing with a woman in like the kitchen and he said, I don't argue with her because she's got home court advantage in there. Oh my yes. god. That was brutal. I could Barkley just says things, man. It's he's like your uncle that like at the family party just says shit and you have to just ignore it. You're like, ah, this uncle. Yeah, yeah you're just I love like, yeah. I loved how he trashed the uh the Suns organization, even though I played for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you heard him, right. And he just goes, uh, he goes, there's plenty parking. You have the worst seat in the house. You can come down to center court. That's mm -hmm. just how it is. You got the hot dogs. They got the hard buns. You know how sometimes they got the nachos. You got stale chips. You got cold cheese. You know how sometimes they have jalapenos. No, they give you pickles out of a jar, man. Come on, man. That's fine. Like Love if you ever if you ever listen to one of those guys and you know yeah you kind of wonder when the next baseball personality is going to be in there but I mean you know some of these people say that baseball is boring and I think uh, I I do hate the people that are obsessed with basketball but yet they watch golf want to comment about baseball 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't watch golf. It doesn't matter who's on commentary because you got some of these guys, uh, Sir Dufresne. Uh, we have uh, Devin Kosflaski here. Yeah, he is teeing yeah. off with the nine iron. Very and then there's just Tony Romo like, oh, my God, Jim, did you see that drive? <laughs> Tony, Tony Romo, Romo is just Kosflaski, proud man. This one's going to go 365. This, this one's going to go 365, I don't see, I don't see, see, I don't watch golf either, but I just want to see. I want to watch golf and have Tony Romo perfectly predict. Like I think he's going to rip out the eight iron here. Oh, 300 feet, just like I predicted. And 10 feet from the hole. Jim, hey, I called it. You guys <laughs> will honestly want to know what happens when I attempt to hit a golf ball off a tee. Is it something like when Mark Sanchez tries to throw a pass just like 30 yards to the right? Uh, it kind of goes like this. Oh, you mother's ass. Where's that freaking thing going? Yeah. Oddly enough. You know, oddly enough. I, I, I mean, I, I got something in my writing about this. Like, uh, it was because uh, you guys know I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of stories and such. Imagine uh, a prime minister golfing and he's got an assistant, right? He just goes, he just goes, like, imagine the wind hits and he just goes, damn it. Like in the middle of your swing, the hat yeah. flies off because of the wind. It's a miserable day. Where'd it go? Drink, sir. No, I'm not thirsty. Where's the bloody ball? Damn it. No worries, yeah. sir. I suck balls. No, this is going to surprise people. And I'll be, I'll be hundred percent honest. I, I go golfing. I can't drive to save my life, but I put and chip like a, a champion. Because when I used to golf with my grandfather, we would never drive. We would just work putting and chipping. And I am really good at both of those, but I can't I can't drive for nothing. I I drive the ball like twenty five yards. It is bad. Yeah. But I can I get on the green and I'm prime Tiger Woods. You know, I, I hear a lot about that. And there's some guys I know uh, like uh Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, I'll, I'll get into a controversial category in a minute, but I, I know he could drive 300 yards straight, but he says the putting game is not good. Um, but speaking of which, I'm not sure if he knew about this, but uh, are you guys uh, into uh, Olympics by any chance or just moderately the game? I don't know, watch some of it. Just like beach volleyball, it. really. It's just kind of what I like. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> those those dudes are absolutely insane. I love watching dudes. Damn play it, beach right volleyball. before I was about to say simp. But okay, on. okay, wait, hold on. Let's back up. Pause. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> AJ, we've established switch hitter, remember? <laughs> I, I I I like the term backwards mechanic, Barry, but okay. <laughs> That guy likes to have his uh, Polish smorgasbord, a lot of variety. <laughs> Ironically, in Chicago, it's the perfect place for it. A good. Um, I am Polish. I am Polish, so that that joke hey, worked wonders there. Polish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yes, probably, pro probably one of my favorite ones too. But uh, <laughs> anyways, if you didn't know this, um. Now, there's been a conspiracy that Josh and I have uh, talked about in a lot of the uh, all-football podcast, and it's common for a lot of the MLS teams to sell off their best star to uh, a European team, and basically they control his rights. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, even though you're an American, buddy, I want you in the FIFA World Cup recommend uh, Team USA in case you pull a hammy or something. Yeah. So if you look at it, it seems like – and here's what comes down to, too. 
if you're a professional baseball player in Japan, South Korea, Israel, uh, Israel did actually is a qualifier for uh, the World Cup baseball, believe it or not. That came out of left field to me. But that's going to be a story yeah. to watch. Yeah, Japan's sure. the host, so that's by default. And Masahiro Tanaka is able because he's playing in Japan. But Major League Baseball, if you are on the 40-man roster, you are not eligible to play in the Olympics. So it's like pre – it's like – so it's essentially when the NBA didn't allow players to play in the, in the Olympics. Well, it, it, it kind of goes like this. It went by money, investment, playoff run. And if you remember, I didn't agree with this year's NBA uh, because everyone – you made the year – walk around you shorten the schedule everything to cater to the olympics if you remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everyone's bitching about the all-star game being like oh we're in the middle of a pandemic hold on pawn the brakes none of you guys are vaccinated you're worried about the all-star game but you're gonna go overseas and play basketball and for what you're you're trying to get the gold medal now listen Everyone says that it's a walk-on and a walk-off for the American basketball team. For the most part. Yeah. You got this big all-star group of guys, everything mm-hmm. else. But, uh, you know, it's a lot different because uh, with basketball, I think it goes down to expansion, money, and you want your guy over there. Yeah. Because you want the guy being like, hey, you know, I want Paul George representing the Clippers if that's the case. Uh, if you have a smaller team, you want him going over there and see if he could make money for the, you know, the team. If they buy a jersey, buy a hat, buy whatever. Yeah. But if we go buy baseball, if you, it doesn't matter if you're South Korean. By the way, uh, Ryu of the Blue Jays, he is a gold medalist from South Korea from last time around. He can't compete on the South Korean team this year, which did qualify, mind you. So it doesn't matter what country you're from, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, America, you cannot represent your proud nation. And some of them aren't even on the active roster. Some of them haven't debuted in MLB yet. And they're not allowed. So if you're on the 40-man roster, good luck. That is not happening. Interesting. Yes, and some... Yeah, and my just thought is it's like I understand that there's going to be a lot of good college players out there, and I know that there's a lot of overlooked players and a lot of players that are young. But, I mean, if they ever had a football Olympics, right, Mm -hmm. and because of all this guaranteed contract nonsense, it's a little different with the NFL versus baseball and basketball where it's all guaranteed. Yeah. But if there was a – I guess you could say an Olympics for, you know, contact football, American style. Yeah. Would you be upset with one of your guys going overseas and playing? No, because Russell Wilson would finally have an offensive line. Love it. Love it. I mean, it depends. It depends. Like, the, I feel like I wouldn't want my best players playing over there. You know what I mean? Like, because – well, I mean, if it's not your best players, Sam, just remember this, right? They're not going to have – I mean, you would hope not, right? Now, I always thought of this as have this be organization to organization. I remember when Robinson Cano uh, – you know, this was before all the scandals and everything else, but it was after his first year at the Mariners, he went over for an event with three other players to Japan, 
he ended up getting hit by a pitch and breaking his pinky toe. And for the majority of the next season, it affected his swing because this event was in, I want to say, January of that year. And spring train started, you know, next month, basically. Right. So, I mean, if you kind of said, right, like imagine if it happens this year and, you know, ownership goes like, hey, we want, let's say it's DK Metcalf. Uh Is DK Metcalf going to be an an Olympian? Now, technically, he did have a trial. But it's for a different That's, sport. Yeah, wait. But yeah. Just remember, just remember this, fellas. With everything going on with the team facility, you know, if you're not at a team facility, they don't have to pay your contract, and they're making it known. And the players' union, the players' union gets stepped on like stairs. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, right? It's amazing what he's been doing. I'm giving him a lot of credit for it. But I know the two of you would be happy almost pulling your hair out if he pulled a hamstring or he did something to his oh, calf. Like if he was like running around and he if, breaks out and he like sprains his ankle or something. Like no, I'm talking as in he's in the Olympic Games or he's doing that run, he's doing that oh, sprint. Oh. Or oh, if oh. he's at the Olympics and he gets hurt, if you see him go down and hit the dirt, you are basically pulling your hair out. And that's just the risk of how – that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. 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 For, yeah how it goes. for sure. Like if DK were to be running and he like steps weird and he like strains his calf or his hammy or something and just like that he has to miss the first couple weeks of OTAs and then going into the year he's kind of slow and he's not one, and he's not fully 100% ready, like – that would that would really like I would be pissed. I would be like, well, and AJ, there's a guy on your team named Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you've heard of him. Brett Veach has been telling him, "Hey, don't play basketball. You're not allowed." And he uh, said, it. "Actually, there's more to it than that. It's not a phone call. It's in his contract." Right. So clearly, we know where the general manager lies with this discussion. I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but have you heard about some of the crazy crap bull that's been in some of these baseball contracts? Oh, I'm sure there's some crazy I'm stuff sure in there. there's some like well, actually, uh, I had the opportunity. Um, this was back a couple of years ago. Do you remember when the Mets uh they lost the World Series, but it's the year afterwards or so? Remember when Yoas Cespedes is battling a bunch of injuries, the friend? Yes, 2015, 16. Yeah, about that. So what yeah. happens is, uh, Sam, if you're not familiar, Yoas mm-hmm. Cespedes is a big guy into golf. And so what happens is everybody knows uh, typically tea time is 7 or 8 o'clock. And the reason being is because uh, if you're one of those LDR guys, you're retired, uh, you, you're in the middle of a, a field. It's sunny. And if it's anywhere between 10 and 2, you know, because you got to start the first hole, it ends up getting too hot. So the problem being is he's got some of these leg issues. Uh, some say it was calf. Some say it was ankle. Wh- whatever the case may be, he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine you're a Met fan, okay? You know that he finished 18 holes of golf this morning. And the manager, because of his injury, did not put him in the lineup. Yeah. I'll What's be, your first reaction? You know, I would I would be angry about that. Like, you know, like especially because, you know, 
if especially if he's doing everyday things and he's getting all that done and then you know you're in a situation where i've heard the name you and Cespedes before and um I, I i know a little bit about him and you know like if you were to just say like like kind of asking mike this question you remember when russ played baseball over like the spring and stuff sometimes for the yankees baby whoa aj for the yankees like what if like what if russ like says oh yeah i can't train this off season i uh, my my shoulder's hurting it's messed up i can't do it and then he, and then you see him a week later going out and playing for the yankees like that's kind it's, of how it's I would a weird line for my me. terms it's a weird line for me because it's like at one point you obviously want your guys healthy and you want them to be in in incubation chambers just waiting to start the season but on the other end there's like i mean they're human beings and you know russell wilson is doing something in my opinion as long as he doesn't get hurt baseball is beneficial for him keeping his arm loose keeping his arm warm you know uh working out getting exercise and everything like that obviously but there's a risk of injuries but i think at a certain point you have to draw the line and just say you know what you're a human being you're gonna do human stuff you are as long as you're not out there you know doing crime and drugs and whatever i think you have to let him be a human being at some point so i don't i, I never really had a problem with russell Wilson playing baseball um you know so i think well, that's well, kind also, of well, also here's the other thing too is he outside that one at bat right and that was before this monster contract if i'm correct yeah yes was. that was the yeah pre there, there there is a couple of them but this was before that mammoth of a contract yes so before this mammoth contract, we're thinking, okay, we could let this ride. And also, it's not stealing a, you know, an at bat from somebody else when I think it was really crucial this year. But going forward, right? If you have a player on your team, let's say it is Chris Carson, who's dealt with some injuries. I say this is probably the most accurate uh, thing out of the bunch. Chris Carson is spending saturday on the golf course and you know you know how this goes the fran uh, you know there's a couple of bad trenches on there there's some of them where you have to walk up and down it's not fun being in the sand pit mm -hmm. so what happens if saturday he spends all day golfing and he is list listed as inactive for sunday's game are you pissed you see like it's kind of tough because golf is such like a lax sport that I don't know if you can say that golf determines his immediate health. Well, I'm just saying if let's say he's got a foot, he's got that. Let's say he's got that foot problem going on again, right? Mm -hmm. It's like how did you go and you know play all these games of golf and you know you're saying that you yeah, can't run stand properly, around, stand you around for like four hours you, you, you understand what i mean it's, it's yeah. very it's very different if it's a, a different injury where it's you know involves a surgery it's season ending how you can play golf i have no idea i think it takes more out of uh you than people think it does i think mm -hmm. it's uh definitely a very physical sport more than people think because of everything that goes on but just the concept i think if carson golfs all day saturday but is inactive sunday i'd be pissed I'd be living. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand it. I I, I I can understand it to a point. I can understand it to a point. Would I be happy? Okay, I think this is the way to kind of end it off here. 
Would I be happy? Obviously not. But I don't think that – so, like, playing golf is not a high-risk thing, right? Again, he's not oh, out no, there no. dunking basketballs, landing on the foot. So I think if it's kind of a low-risk thing and it was such a low percentage that he got hurt but somehow, you know, he got injured, I, I think I'd be obviously upset, but I, I don't know if I'd blame him necessarily. Yeah. But, like, well, again – It's different with Aaron Boone because if you didn't know this, uh, the reason why Aaron – I'm sorry. The reason why A-Rod came to New York in early 2004 was because Aaron Boone was playing pickup basketball and he tore his ACL. That's crazy. Now that now that would be big. That would be big. Yeah, he's playing pickup basketball, jump shot, tears his ACL, calls Brian Cashman, the general manager, and they put in act plans now. Within two weeks, it's done. <laughs> get a rod. That's that's. Yes. I want to just see but, the call, like uh, the shot. He's on the ground. He's like, get a rod right now. Activate, activate protocol sixty. Execute order sixty six, and then you just hear the Imperium <laughs> music, and you just hand the big ass stack of money to a rod. No, could you could you just imagine like a rod's just like you know in a full black suit, and then next thing you know, it's like your weapon, sir. It's a black baseball bat. Yeah, with, a, just with nods. Like a red uh, yeah lizard grip on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uh, but to continue, but to continue off of this point, um, I asked uh, Danny Graves. Uh, he was a former closer of the Cincinnati Reds, not a big name really that you would think of. But he was doing a sports talk show at the time. I just sent, I just suddenly stumbled upon it uh, across my Facebook feed at the time. And he uh, decided to reveal things that was a big no-no in his contract. So you're probably thinking, what could this be? So what do you think would be crazy if you're a MLB pitcher? What no, eating, not do? no eating gas station sushi. I think that's just a universal rule of thumb <laughs> that everybody should abide by. And or, if it was in a, on Sunday, yeah. And if it was in his contract, I think that's just smart by the Reds, honestly. Okay, what do you think, Sam? I'm sorry. What was the question? I didn't get the. Word. What do you think would be something that would be banned from a major league pitcher doing? Oh, like me? Okay, that makes sense. I mean, so he didn't he didn't go into everything, but he named me a couple, and I was uh, I'm like, this kind of makes sense. No playing catch with your kids. Really? None. None. Like, like realistically, it would probably, I don't know, it, it, would, it probably just involves, like, no recreational stuff. Like, that's what I would imagine. I mean, like, that's really all I could imagine to put in, like, a clause for a contract. Like, don't go running around playing flag flag football, like, for, like for a football <laughs> contract. I'd be like, no running around playing wreck flag football with a bunch of nobody's for two hours and then you run him to tear your Achilles. Yeah. But like um, was not, I can't imagine anything immediately. Like anything that's off the table, like immediately. I mean, I'm sure like, like nothing really comes to mind, honestly. Like I, like I can't think of anything that would just like be like immediately like, all right, this is like the groundwork where you're saying that you cannot do this 100% of the time automatically. Like, I don't really, I can't think of anything off the top of my uh, head. He said this, he goes, was not allowed to play pickup basketball one. Yeah, that, so this that, thing, so this about Mahomes. Uh, when I heard about that, I'm just, everyone's like, what do you think about that? I'm like, well, to me, this is not new. Yeah, right. Uh, was not allowed to own or operate any form of motorcycle. 
You see, Seahawks fans have a hey. history with that because we had a Malik. We had a second round draft pick, Malik McDowell, and I thought I thought I thought it was a pretty good get at that thirty five. And he he was a big man, and his rookie year, he's looking good in training camp. And then the next thing you know, I get the news report: ATV accident. He was off roading. He rolls over and he hurts his neck and he hurts his back and he's out for the year and he never played a snap for the Seahawks and still has not played a snap in the NFL. Isn't so, didn't he just sign with the Cleveland Browns though? He signed somewhere. He signed somewhere. I believe it was Cleveland. Yeah. But he that's not point, bad, he has though. not played a snap in the NFL. So right. you know hey, like, remember the Ben Roethlisberger incident? No, I do not. Which which Ben Roethlisberger incident are we talking about? There's I'm, been I'm referring to the motorcycle crash. Oh yes, yes. I do remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying. Uh, and here's probably the hardest one that would be for me was not allowed to go in the ocean. Period. And some people are like, "Wait, why?" Well, let's see. That eliminates uh, sharp rocks on the bottom, uh, cliff diving, all water sports. Like not even going to the beach. Like you can't like walk like in like the water. I want to just. I, I just want to imagine. You can't go out in the ocean. It's like you could sunbathe, but you're not allowed to go out in the ocean. I just. Hmm. I just want to imagine like he's like at the beach and he like puts his toe in the ocean. There's just like men in black suits who just come up and tackle him like in yeah. the sand. Just just like take him away like like headlocked. Can you just like, imagine it's like the only guy on the beach that's in a full suit. It's like uh, you're seeing some sort of. Uh, NCIS or something. You just got a guy. He's got the shades on. He's got the clipboard. Yeah, he's sitting in the corner. He's like, "Boys, we got him." And they send him in. And Helicopter they... drops down with the ladder. There's like a SWAT team. <laughs> just, just like tackle him down, drag him out of the you water. You better not. And throw him they, in the they, back they of the truck. And they don't even You're go to the they don't go to police station. They go straight to the GM's office, and he's like, "I told you, man. We don't We're play done. games." That he takes rips the logo off his jersey like he's just out. He's he cut. Grabs it and yanks it off. <laughs> cut immediately. He's like, he's like turn around. He takes he takes his name off. <laughs> just, oh, oh my god. god! I think that's I think that's the perfect ending Alan, note right Alan, there. Alan McGillicuddy. Uh, yes. Uh, Detective Griggs. Uh, uh part part of Cincinnati PD. Uh. I just want to let you know you're revoked. Uh, and you're, you hey, if you, want, right if you want me to, uh, if you want to call some some dough, I will uh, rip up the picture of you putting your foot into uh, the Atlanta Ocean. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, last thing. Have you ever have you guys ever watched Blue Mountain State? Because I, I just thought of a great example of this. No. There's an episode in Blue Mountain State, and this is obviously a little bit uh, adult, but there's an episode in Blue Mountain State where the coach wants Thad Castle to return, so he sabotages him. With uh, with like him around like women and drugs, and he's like, "Hey, if you don't return, this is not gonna look good for the NFL draft scouts." He's like, "Okay, okay, I'll return, I'll return, I'll return." I like to think that that like they have like blackmail pictures of just him like at like parties, <laughs> and they're like, "Uh, oh, you want you want we want us to show your wife?" Uh, no, except, okay. except for this, it's just him like sticking his big toe in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> you see this, you see this. Look, yeah. look what we got here. <laughs> yeah, we got you now, buddy. You hear, you, like, Seth, you hear like Seth MacFarlane's voice in the back just being like, what the hell is this? Excuse me? <laughs> what the hell is this? It's like, you missed your contract? Well, I, I am under contract. Read? It's like, uh, it's like I'm still under contract, right? What do you mean are you still under contract? You see this? It's going into the freaking ocean, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. I guess that's the best way to do it. I know you yeah. guys got work to do. So, again... 
DeFran, Sam, I'm glad I got to talk uh, just sports with you in general. And uh, one thing I wanted to do is every time I I, uh, invite somebody on, I kind of want this to be their episode. And it was actually kind of cool getting, uh, you know, your kind of podcast, even if it was away from like your team per se. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, on to uh, you know, just a different platform and get to BS because at the end of the day, we're all fans here, and this is what we do, this is what we love. Yes, and there's a reason why I was excited about this. And well, I had a blast, and of course, it never disappoints. You guys, thank, you guys rock. You. So, guys, uh, before we uh, take off, uh, uh, Sam, I'll start with you. Uh, I guess, uh, just make uh, the uh, due diligence, say where to find you, uh, the podcast, everything else. Um, my at on Twitter is at Trey Brown season season spelled S Z N. Go check me out there. Obviously go check out the podcast, the always compete podcast on YouTube, anywhere we you get your podcasts, go ahead and tune in. We drop a lot of content. We're releasing it pretty consistently. Uh, thank you to AJ for having us on and being able to talk oh, yes. sports and just being able to have a good time. And I'm going to pass it on to Mike. Uh, I am Mike D Friend Seven on Twitter, and if you want to find me, um, you gotta have to talk to the FBI because I'm currently on their most wanted list. But <laughs> that's a terrible joke. I thought of that when Sam was up. Did you did just... you take the Selena Gomez thing too far, buddy? <laughs> oh my God. This exposing this man over and over again. <laughs> That was a good uh, one. That was a good one. Um, yeah, uh, that is against law in the city of Chicago. There's no, uh, there's no way I could top what he just said. So, thanks for having us on, everybody. This is AJ Torres uh, from Colin Strikes, courtesy of Undrafted Sports. Mike DeFran, Sam Belcher. This was an amazing time, and we are out. Take it easy. We love you all. See ya.